Welcome to episode 12 of the Birding Life podcast. My name is Adam and I'm your host on the podcast where we discover birds and the birders that pursue them. The Birding Life is proud to be associated with the Bird Lasser bird logging app. Download and install the app to play your part in social conservation. In this episode of the Weekly Chirp, we continue with part two of our short series on the various bird identification apps that are available on the Southern African market at the moment. In this series, I try to answer the question, which is the best bird identification app to get? I do this by inviting representatives from some of our best known apps to have a chat and to let us know what their product has to offer us as birders. Be sure to follow this podcast on whatever platform you are listening on and please take some time to rate and comment on it. This week we'll look at the app that is probably the most technologically advanced app that is available on the market. What I was glad is that it is not only technologically savvy, but it also offers the user so many valuable tools and information that is presented in a unique way. So today we'll be taking a look at the BirdPro South Africa app. The app is available on both Android and iOS. So if you like what you hear, be sure to check it out. I want to welcome today's guest, Herman van der Berg, who shares the journey of how the app came into being, what the app offers the user, and what exciting developments lie ahead for the app. So I just want to ask a question right off the bat. There's a whole range of bird identification apps that are available in the Southern African market at the moment. And some would say that there's already enough apps and possibly even a saturation of apps. So the question is, why did you feel the need to release and introduce a new app into this market? BirdPro has had quite an interesting inception. Uh, we started about 10 years ago. I'm going to take a bit of a, of a long story to get to it. Uh, it started about 10 years ago with a tree app that we developed called the Tree App South Africa. And we quickly realized that in order to identify trees, um, it's a lot more difficult than it is to do birds, for example. And you need a very sophisticated tree identification tool to be able to identify a tree. I mean, we've got 1,100 trees um, in South Africa. And um, to identify a tree, you really need, need to look at all the minute details sometimes. So we created this identification tool, and it was very successful. We won the MTN App of the Year Award with it. Um, but from the start, we realized that you can easily adopt or adapt this, this platform to other fauna and flora. And birds was really my, my keen interest all along. So I was very keen to do a bird app on the same platform. And that's really how I started. Um, so I think the difference uh, of where we came from is we are a bit more technology driven than the other apps, I would say. I mean, we've got this platform, we've got this identification tool. So we try to use technology to give the users a bit of a different um, user experience. Um, we didn't come from a book. We came from technology side of it so obviously herman because you you guys started as opposed to starting with a book you started from the technology technological side where you started from it being an app i can imagine you're able to push the technology side on this app a lot more than possibly some of the other apps on the market yeah definitely the identification tool is one as one part of it or one aspect of it um, but also the mapping i mean we really push the mapping to the limits and there's quite a few things that are really driven from the user interface and, and what you can do in an app, as opposed to, to, uh, to converting a book, as you say. 
So what are some of the main features of the app and also what sets this app apart from the other apps that are on the market? Look, it's got all the basic features that that the other apps have. It's got the details of the of the birds, it's got the calls, um, it's got quite extensive information. So those are those are the basics. You can add sightings, you can add photos to sightings. Um, the site, um, but the two things I, th- I think that's really different than the other apps is the, the bird identification tool. Um, that is more sophisticated than anything that I know out there. Um, and also the mapping where we created an, the algorithm to take the SABAP data and convert it into, into distribution maps. And that's quite a sophisticated algorithm that we created for that. Um, from that point of view, and then we've also, um, we've tried to, to, to make it very comprehensive as well. I know the other apps are also very comprehensive, but, we, but uh, we are mostly driven by photographs and we've got um, almost, almost 7,000 photographs in there, about 1,700 uh, calls. So we try to make it very comprehensive as well. Something about your app, which is, is a little bit different to the other apps, is a lot of the apps feature, like you said, the drawings, which give the identification features and the drawings, where yours is almost well, purely photo-driven. What was the thinking behind that? Photos are a lot more easier to access nowadays. I mean, there are a lot of bird photographers out there. Um, and you can really get photographs of the bird from the side, from the back, all, you know, all the variations, all the different morphs you can get. Um, the images. So, so we we found that um, if you've got the photograph, there's nothing that the photograph ca- cannot tell you that a drawing might be able to tell you. The only difference is that that you might be able to point out a few things. But for that, we've got the extended captions of the photographs. Um, we did consider actually initially making drawings, but we quickly realized that I think the photographs really do suffice. One of the big strengths about this app is actually the photos. I've been through the the photos on the app, and honestly, up to now, I've tried the most ob species that you can find, um, and every species I find, the pictures are amazing. And not just not just a couple of pictures. There, most of the birds, there are many many pictures that show different um, plumage features, different ages of the bird the different sexes of the bird um and i think the app the well the photos on this app are really world class so um how many photos does the app feature i know you did mention i know there was a big update yesterday so how many at the moment how many photos does the app feature we're just under seven thousand now sure and do all the birds have images yeah yeah now every single bird has got images i think you know we did a gap analysis is actually here and there, there might be a burden flight that we're missing. Um, we continuously update it as well. So as soon as we get an, an image of something, we add it in. So I think we've got very few gaps, and it's really just the, the nice-to-haves. There's nothing essential that we don't have at the moment. I think, Herman, another thing which I really think is a big, big plus of this app, and I spoke about it quickly now, is that there's, there was a big upgrade that went went live yesterday on the app, where new new calls were added, new um, photographs were added, and one thing that makes it really makes this app really cool is that you don't pay for those updates, which is really awesome. So, what what were some of the updates that were done yesterday? Just so you give people a, a, a taste of the kind of updates that you guys provide, and yeah, will, it, will those updates always be free? Yeah, the updates will always be free. Yeah, we we continuously want to want to improve the technology side of it, with other words, the platform um, as well. 
as adding data. Uh, the advantage that we've got, because we've got this algorithm that pulls from SABAP data, we can pull as often as we like. So with every single release, the, the distribution maps will be updated to the latest data that's in SABAP. So, um, and we really want to do that because, you know, some people really like to see, well, I saw, I saw a bird out of distribution, you know, two months ago, why is it not showing an app? Now we can actually do that. We can actually show them the little um, vagrant sighting that they've had. Um, and then um, on the technology side, for example, what we did now is we, we created a website where you can view all your sightings, not only of the bird, of bird pro, but also of the tree app and the dragonflies and all the others that we're going to create. So everything is consolidated onto one site. So you can say, you know, show me all the sightings that I've made of all fauna and flora in my trip last year to the Cougar, and it and it displays it all on one map with pins. Um, and then in terms of the data, we always add add new data, and we're busy with the big uh, updates now, which will probably come out of in about two months' time, where we're going to add even more photos and even more calls. I think one of the things that almost all birders love is their list, keeping their list. And I think that probably goes across people who do butterflies or people who do dragonflies. So tell us about the the listing function on the app. I know with BirdPro, you can also add your own photos, which is, I don't know if there's any other apps that do that. So tell us a little bit about the listing function and how you add a photo onto onto the app. Yeah, from the start, we had the ability, especially for trees, because you know people really wanted to to identify a tree and actually take a photograph of what they've identified. Um, so th that we've implemented, um, and it actually works pretty seamlessly um, inside the sighting. So as soon as you've made a sighting, or uh, while you're trying to log a sighting, you can add photographs either by using the camera. I know for birds that is not really easy to do or applicable, but you can also add it from, from your gallery or from your device's storage. And we're working on, on the recording um, ability now as well to record sound. Herman, of the weekend, I was using the app and playing around with it. And I was really, really impressed with the information side of what is presented about each of the birds. What I really liked about it was that the information was presented in a way that was was simple. It didn't use this fancy scientific jargon. Um, I actually opened up another app and I kind of read the the description of the bird on the one app and the description of the bird on the bird pro app and i actually understood what the bird pro app was saying which is which is good <laughs> um tell us about the, about the information that is presented um on the app about the birds and and also some of the people that contributed that information to, um, to the app yeah look we wanted to take a bit of a different approach you know we know um robert is out there really with with the 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 ultimate scientific information that you would want on a bird so we we wanted to take a bit of a different approach there um, and really just present some interesting information that you might want about the birds so these are the things outside of the normal scientific um, well i don't want to call it jargon <laughs> but the scientific writing that you get um, so we and uh, when we started with bird pro there was a book that was out that i've always had a lot of regard for um i think is one of the most beautiful and well-written books uh called the ultimate companion so we immediately thought that would be a nice nice um marriage between what they've got and what we can um, and what we can can present so so we approached them and they were very keen and i'm very glad that we did that 
So we've got, um, and that book was written by, I don't know, I think there were 14 authors, um, all the big birders in South Africa, Francis, uh, Francis Peacock, Warwick Tarbotton, quite a lot of the, of the well-known birders all wrote texts. And what's nice about it, there's also all kinds of um, personal anecdotes, um, stories that they, that they tell about them finding the birds or what they've experienced. So it is a bit different than, than the other two. And it is quite extensive, just um, for interest's sake. We've got uh, more words in Bird Pro than the whole Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit combined. So it is, it's a very comprehensive um, set of texts as well. Well, one confession I have is that uh, I'm a book guy. I like reading books. I like um, bird guides. And uh, I like apps for the field because books can be a little bit big to carry around on the field. But when I get them at night and, uh, you know, finish birding and that, I want to read up on birds, I generally get the book with the Bird Pro app. It's changed a little bit because the, they have the extended text um, with each bird and I must admit I've been lying at night and just reading through the the extended text around each bird and the information that is put there is really great we were out um, yesterday and we were looking at a or waiting to try and get a, a registered flufftail and I ended up just reading on the, the on that species and the information is it's it's awesome it's not just this it's it's interesting it's like stuff that you want to read and I think that's a big plus on the app that I really I've really enjoyed personally yeah yeah, that's what we try to do as well. So the distribution maps on the Bird Pro are very um, unique in many ways. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how the distribution maps work, where the information is sourced from, and how you keep that up to date? So we approached SABAP quite a while ago, and, and we, we wrote an algorithm to take the point data because their data is really just, you know, by pentad, how many how many species you've seen. We quickly realized that we will need to translate that data into some kind of distribution map or, you, you know, like those shaded areas that you see. So we started off with that and we quickly realized that you can actually create quite a sophisticated model. For example, um, we, in places where there's lots of atlasing activity, you know that the data is very accurate. So if I don't see it, in Joburg, for example, the chance is very, very good that it doesn't actually occur here because there are a lot of atlases here. But if if you uh, you know somewhere in the middle of the Kalahari and you don't see a bird there, but it was seen um, in the neighbouring pentads, then the chance is actually very good that it does occur. But that pentad is just you know there's too little data. So we we actually catered for that in the algorithm. So the algorithm actually takes the density of atlasing activity into account and then spreads it where, where it needs to be spread out. And it's obviously, you know, as proper mapping, um, it's not an, not an image that you, that you display on the app. So you can actually zoom in uh, to quite a, a detailed level. You can add your sightings, you know, the pins for the sightings will be displayed on the map and all kinds of other things that we can do. And that also allows us to, to use your current location much better than I think the other apps can. Because we can drill through all those distribution maps and you can get a very accurate picture of what birds occur at a specific location. And what's great about the app is it actually takes into account the migrational birds and how it affects the distribution throughout the year. Yeah, they, yeah that also, so this also allowed us to create a little slider that you can slide through the months and see how the migratory birds change in distribution through the, throughout the year. 
This podcast is made possible by one of our sponsors, Birdlasser. Spot, plot, play a part. The Birdlasser app is available for free on both iOS and Android platforms. Be sure to download it today and seamlessly contribute to conservation initiatives. One of the, another one of the big strengths on the app is obviously the bird calls. There's tons and tons of bird calls in the app and not and good quality bird calls. So tell us a little bit about the bird calls on the app. How many calls are there on the app and that kind of thing? Um, we've got over 1,700 calls now. Um, not all birds call in South Africa. Um, so some of them are silent. So we haven't included those. But most of the other birds, we've got at least one call on. And and then some birds like the like the southern boo boo we've got I think I think almost twenty calls now I mean they they make such a vast array of sounds um, and we try to be as comprehensive as possible um, and you can listen to each of the other calls separated um, we also try to 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 give um, an indication of what kind of call it is um, and where it was recorded which is really important because in some cases there are, there are different dialects in different places. Like the Puffdale, I know. Ach, the Puffback, sorry. There's quite a few different dialects in different places. Yeah, and we and we continuously add. You know, we're going to add probably another hundred now in the next in the next while. We we do take quite um, a bit of care to make the audio as clear as possible. So we do clean the sounds quite a bit, um, and we employed somebody that does that. That's that's really really good. And one of the big challenges with birds is it's not just looking at the bird you're seeing, but there's also, well, there's there's variations in terms of sex and age and that kind of thing. So how does the app illustrate those kinds of things? Um, is it quite comprehensive? Um, I think we still need um, need more more calls, and that's why I'm saying, you know, we're going to add more. We're actually going to get um, somebody in to help us as well to, to do a comprehensive um, uh like a reconciliation of what we've got and what we actually need. Um, so we definitely want to want to have every single option that's out there we want on the app. But look, the birds just, you know, compared to the other apps is actually quite interesting, especially on bird calls, because um, they really complement each other. You know, we've had quite a few cases where we've got calls that both Roberts and and the Sassel apps don't have. And there are really calls that they, that they have that... Uh, uh, that we don't have so it's actually a nice compliment if you got both both apps open and you can because there's then there's even more variations i think i think that's something which a lot of people that listen to this um, podcast might be looking at is they might have an app on their phone right now whether it be the roberts or the newmans or the sassel and they might be looking for an app that they can add to that app they've already got so how well do you think that this app works alongside other apps no, definitely. You know, I, we we are not in competition with the other apps. We're really just there to give a bit of a different perspective and and also just a different um, user experience. I think it really complements each other, especially since we don't we don't necessarily do the do the sketches. So we've got a lot more photographs, where they've got a lot more sketches. So that's really one place where they complement each other. If you're really keen to to get accurate distribution maps, um, but you're keen to to have the scientific data, then you can get the scientific data in Robertson. You can get the distribution maps in BirdPro. Um, so they really complement each other well, I think. Okay, so if I'm out in the field and I see a bird that I that I'm unsure of, 
um, how would the process on the app look like to get to the correct identification? Yeah, I think the first thing that you would do is you would use your location. I mean, that's, that's probably the best filter that you'll get. And then from that point onwards, it depends really on what, on what you see. So um, our, our first um, view that you see or the, the screen that you see on the smart search function um, is a circle and that really indicates that you can go in at any place. You know, you can go by size. So there's no, there's no, um, there's no guided approach that says, well, you must first tell me what size it is and what shape it is and whatever. You can go from anything. So if you see a very colorful bird, you can go directly to colors and you can just enter the colors. And on feather colors, you can say, okay, let's say, you know, green and yellow. And, and then it'll, it'll immediately filter down the birds quite dramatically because there aren't really birds that have got green and yellow plumage. Um, and especially if you start adding other things like, like, the, like the bee color or the, or the leg color, then it actually filters out quite efficiently. Um, then when you get to birds that are a bit more difficult to identify, like the LBJs, you would obviously go to, to something else. Um, so there you would, you would maybe go to where seen, you know, um, I saw it in the reeds, then, um, then the cysticulus will be immediately filtered out for those that you might be able to, that you might see in the reeds. Um, there's also a call identification part where you can, where, where there's a few things you can look at, like the, the tone or the type of the call, the repetition, the length of the burst, whether it's a single bird, the pitch and the loudness and all kinds of things. And we've even got a nesting section where you can look at the nest. You know, if you, if you see a nest and you want to identify what bird it is, you can, you can measure the, the egg, you can give the length and the color of the egg and whether it's got a pattern and then you'll know what, what bird it is. And then uh, one thing that we're very keen to do, and, and we are going to expand it, by the way, is the, the section for difficult birds. So we've got specific sections for auburn raptors um, where it'll ask you specific questions pertaining to auburn raptors only, which doesn't pertain to all birds, obviously. And then also um, for the cysticulus, uh, the larks, um, the pipits, the warblers, um, and then also what we added now recently is the the nightjars. We've got a very sophisticated model to identify them, and we're adding. We're going to add in the next version. We're going to add the the pale waders as well. Jeez, this app has a lot to offer. Eh? Now, the other thing that's just, that's uh, quite different from the other apps, by the way, is that once you've got the list of birds that you've identified, you can remove the ones that, that you find are not a good match. And then um, also, what we also give you is a, a probability of a bird matching your search criteria. So if you, for example, take black and white waders, um, and, I, and I'm going to do it while I'm talking to you, then I can maybe illustrate it. If you take a wader that's in the water and you say the plumage is black and white, you get you left with 78 birds in South Africa, but there are only really um, um, 10 of them that are really black and white and wade. And those 10 are then presented right at the top. So it's a lot more efficient than giving you the whole list and you don't know what the, what the probability of match is between your search criteria and your results. 
this is going to be a great feature for new birders, people that might be new into the birding game and they, you know, instead of having to, every time you take a photo, send it to a friend, you're actually going to be able to identify the birds yourself. And I think what's great about new birders using an app like this is you don't just identify the app using the bird, The sorry, you don't just identify the bird using the app, but you start to actually learn what to look for on a bird to identify a bird. So it's 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 really a great feature on the app. Yeah, and you know where, where that really came to, to the front is um, as with trees. And a lot of people find it difficult identifying trees. And the terms are, are quite botanical, but we found that we've got so many people really getting into trees because they learn what to look for. Um, you know, whether you've got lentils and all kinds of fancy things on the, you know, on the leaves, stuff that I didn't even know about sometimes that really need to look at. And that's actually quite exciting. And between the Android and the Apple versions, how different are they, or are they very, very similar? No, they're very similar. There's slight differences in the way things are presented, just because Apple has got some some different features than than Android, but they they are very much in line. Well, the next thing I'm going to ask you, I'm actually not going to ask you. I'm going to tell you that I do know it does it, so I'll give a test me of this. I went birding in Harding yesterday and where we were birding, there was absolutely no signal in some of the places. And I used the app for the whole day, um, used the search functions and did everything that you've spoken about on the in this episode and not once did I have any issues. So one thing I can testify is that this app is brilliant offline. It works well. So you've done well on that on that side of things. So yeah, it does work offline. Um in terms of customer support, um, for those who purchase the app, how is the customer support? How does that work? Well, we've got a website where you can log a call or um, in the app itself, there's also a little button that you can click if you go to, to help and about and that will immediately send us an, um, uh, an email. Um, or, or, you know, people are very welcome to contact me at any time. They can call me, whatever. Um, I've got quite a few people that, that actually call me now with with you know when they pick up something which is actually quite nice i really appreciate it if people let us know what the experiences are and we've we've added quite a few features as a result of that you know by people asking it i must say herman to actually give justice to the app it's really difficult it's a great app i've tried it out myself and i'd highly recommend this app to anyone that's listening to to the show it's really encouraging i know there's a there is a trial version that can try it and just give it a give it a go and see how it works yeah, so, so the app is free to download and then you get 100 common birds and it gives you all the functionality except that you can't do sightings and you can't, some of the, of the search functions is, is just um, not available on, on the free version just because, you know, it, it doesn't really do justice to, to the app. If you've only got three LBJs in, in the 100 common birds then it doesn't help you adding a section for LBJs, you know, that's, um, so we've switched some of them off. Um, and then you can upgrade to the Kruger Park version or the South African version. And are you looking to upgrade from the South African to Southern Africa eventually? Definitely. Definitely. We've had lots of, of requests for that and we're working on that. Okay, so here's the big question. What is the cost of the app? And are there any extra costs for photos or calls or anything else? No extra cost at all. Um, the app is $249 for, for Kruger and $449 for South Africa. And is it worth getting the Kruger version and the South African one, or are, are they are they different apps? The, um, or if someone buys the South African one, would they have the Kruger one kind of included in that? 
yeah, the Kruger one is included. Um, and what's nice about the Kruger one, just by the way, is I don't know if you noticed, but the text actually um, is, is slightly different here and there. Because in Kruger, there are very specific um, indications of where you can find a bird in the Kruger, you know, in the Kruger text. So, so the, the text actually switches uh, between versions as well, if you, um, if you switch from South African to Kruger. But if you purchase a South African one, you've automatically got the Kruger one. If you first purchase the Kruger one, there's also an upgrade path where you don't have to pay extra to get the South African. Sure, really great value. I know when you look at the price, some people say, sure, that's a lot of money. But when you actually start using the app and look at the functionality of the app, and, and I'll be honest with you, just there's things, I've been playing around with the app for the last uh, nearly a week, and I've not even touched on a lot of the functions that you've spoken of. And there's so much I need to discover that Nightjar function is something that I can't wait to give it a give it a try and all these new things that are coming onto the app. And I think what I love about this is that there's no extra cost. You know, not like you're buying the app and then you're going to six months from now say, oh, we've got now we've got, now we've got this little LBJ add-on. If you want to have this year, it's going to cost you an extra X amount. And I, I love the fact that you guys have put an app out, which is great already, but there's the constant, um, you're constantly looking to improve it and make it better. So yeah, well done for you guys who have put the app together. Yeah, look, it is. Uh, we did really um, target the more the more um, you know upper market. It is it is um, it is a premium product. It's not a it's not a starter's bird guide really. Um, well, okay, that's a bit of a dangerous thing to say. You know, um, birders or fresh birders can obviously use it, but it's not a it's not um, a simple bird app. It's quite a it's quite a sophisticated tool. So it's definitely more in the in the upper market. Um, so it is. A bit more expensive than 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 some of the other apps. Sermon, so, I just want to say thanks so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, you guys, like I said, have done a great um, pro- put a great product out here, and I really encourage people just to go and check the free version out. I think if you check the free version out, you'll see the kind of quality that, that this app is. Before we end off, is anything else you'd like to add? Um, you'd like to add before we end off? No, just that we would love to hear from users. Uh, that's really why we are here we would love to give people what they want so so that's that's that would be my last you know parting comment and then to thank you as well for inviting us i really appreciate that so the bird pro south africa app is endorsed by birdlife south africa and is available on both android and ios for only 449 rand and 99 cents this app with all that it offers is great value On next week's episode, we will take a look at the latest app that is available on the Southern African market, the Sassel eBirds 5th edition. This is freshly released on the market and I can't wait for you to hear what this product has to offer. Make sure to listen as you stand a chance of winning a Sassel app for your device. Don't forget to follow The Birding Life on Instagram and Facebook. I appreciate everyone that takes the time to interact with these accounts. And just a reminder, could you please hit the follow button and rate the Birding Life podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it on. Be sure to check out Birdlasser, who we are proud to be associated with, and download the app on either iOS or Android, and keep a life list while playing your part in social conservation. So until next time, be blessed and happy birding.